Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, hi, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers, here to talk some prospects. We're up to the middle linebacker position group, inside linebacker in a 3-4. Uh, so we got lots to talk about today, including some uh, some stuff uh, in, in the NFL with regards to the draft and uh, found out some details on the Geno Smith contract. So all that uh, is ahead. Hey, Keith. Yeah, so fun show today. Um Let's start with the Geno Smith stuff because I think that is, you know, the most interesting to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know right. it's like, ooh, cap, cap numbers. <laughs> uh, everyone stay awake for a couple minutes, but it's crazy. Um, it's meaningful. I mean, it's it, this thing turns out to be just a, a really good team friendly deal, and I'm surprised that Geno signed it before free agency. Had, to be completely honest, I mean, he didn't even really go out and, and attempt. He must have heard through his agent that there wasn't going to be a, a market. Yeah, I, and I don't. I would agree. I don't think there. I don't think there was going to be a huge market for him, just given his um, track record of one year and his age. And uh, most of the teams that need a quarterback are going to be in a position to draft one. So, um, in I addition mean, to that, he's just never seen this kind of money before, and it was sitting there in front of him. And I, yeah. you know, you got to hand it to John Schneider as far as putting a contract together that was on the table. You know, they laid out the parameters of where they wanted to be early in the process, and they just kind of held to that. And then uh, Gino and his team came came around, and it, it's really a, a good deal with a $10.1 million cap hit in 2023. Uh, there's some guaranteed monies awesome. there, but there's potential to get out of this even after one year with a little bit of dead money. After mm-hmm. two years, you can pretty much walk away. He's He's got a tradable contract um, if he continues to perform over expectations. Maybe we draft a guy. Uh, that needs to go right away uh, as far as being able to start. And um, so Gino's, uh, we're able to move off Gino. It's just a really good contract, both for Gino. Gino gets paid, as well as the Seahawks have a lot of um, options available to them because the, the contract just isn't so over the top. He's only making 4.5% of the, of the cap in 2023, just outstanding. Yeah, most, uh, most uh, vet starting quarterbacks are making um around 13 percent. that's kind of the the magic number um and if you look at um you know historic in the in the um salary cap era that's like there's one team that's won a super bowl with with a um a quarterback making more than 13 percent, and that would be kansas city this last year um it took that long for it to happen so that that's kind of that magic number where agents sit because they're like Ooh, we know we can get teams to pay at least this much um, and for him to be making, you know, less than five is crazy. And it's, this is just a great deal. It's just a, so, it's a fantastic deal. So when it was uh, described uh, to me and, and the audience, the, the discrepancy between uh, what it was first reported as, kind of where it narrowed down to the $75 million figure and then to where it actually came in uh, as it was reported just yesterday. Yeah. So um, when it was first described, it was a, 
three-year, $105 million. So uh, just and 50 crazy. something in the first year. Yeah, and $52 million in the first year, which makes right. it um, – there was no way to structure that in a way that worked for Seattle salary cap because they're, they're a little cap-strapped right now. Um, There's no way that it worked with um, with that. And um, you couldn't get out from underneath it. It was so bad. Uh, there's no way to structure it in a way that makes it um, where that third year is any is. I mean, that you could cut him, but man, it was just going to hamstring you if you if you did. So um, it was that was such a bad deal. And then, and then it'd be like, OK, so now it's a it's a three year, seventy five million dollar deal. And you're like, OK, that's so much more realistic. Uh, 28 million in the first year, 22 in the second, 25 in the third. So it doesn't get like balloon out at the end of the, at the end of the contract to make the money bigger, um, but makes them tradable. And then now to find out that so much of it was tied into, um, uh, you incentives. know, incentives and all of that. And it gets his cap number is 10.1. That's just, just um, that's an ideal number for getting your quarterback um, because it's, it was low. We knew we needed to have his cap number to be down in that range. If they were going to be able to do anything significant as far as improving this roster um, other than, you know, the draft, like if they were wanted to go get a player um, in the free agency, they were going to have to keep uh, Gino's number down and they did. So uh, I like this. I like this deal quite a bit. Um, there is one little thing that I think that we are kind of missing in here. And that is, if Gino is on the roster on the fifth day of the league year in year two, his salary becomes guaranteed. Um, and that pushes the the guarantees up and that makes him um, at that point harder to cut. Now you might be able to cut him before that and use the June 1st designation without waiting till June 1st. Right. Um, but you wouldn't see the savings until after June 1st. But you wouldn't see any savings until after June 1st. So um, this year he's, go ahead. I was going to say, so it, this is still a two-year deal, I believe. Um, you could trade him after one year if, you know, if you draft someone and you're like, we got to get this guy on the field. Um, you could probably trade him after one year, but I don't think you could cut him um, because of that uh, contract stipulation. But after I, two I, years, you could walk away easy. I disagree a little bit in that I think he's uncuttable, untradeable this year. He's got a $27 million oh, yeah. dead Absolutely. cap with a, you know, you're underwater by 17. And, yeah, but in the second year, your cap number goes up from 10 to 30, 31.2 million cap mm -hmm. number. But your dead money is only 17.4. I know only. Uh, but your savings is 13.8. That's a point where you could, you could walk away. Now, that's be prior to the June 1st designation. So uh, when you when you go to uh, post June first, that changes to an eight point seven million dollar dead cap, also eight point seven in twenty twenty five. But your overall cap savings in twenty twenty four is twenty two point five million. Overall cap savings in twenty twenty five is twenty five million. So for me, that is something that you could technically walk away from. Um, it's if not you, easy, but if you can get. Um... If, out of for it example, he 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 failed to live up to expectations. You're oh, stuck yeah. year one. Year two, you can get out of it if you needed to. Yeah, if he if he falls on his face and goes back to um, New York Jets, uh, Geno Smith, then 
you can probably get at it. You'll 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 take a hit and all of that, but it's not a, as long as you can use that right. post post June one designation, you can get out of it after one year. Um, but you've also got to get them off the roster before that contract becomes guaranteed. Because if it, if it once it hits and it becomes guaranteed, those dead numbers change. Yeah. Well, um, the good news is you go through the season and you make that determination next year. You know, yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a great win win uh, for Gino. Uh, those um, incentives he's he's we talked about uh, thirty million dollars of that contract is incentives uh, added on, so it's seventy five million dollars base sal- uh, contract plus the incentives get them up to one hundred and five. That's where that figure originally came from, and those are um, those incentives. I understand are also tied to improving upon the 2022 results that he had. So mm-hmm. all those incentives are um, tacked on to what he had already done. So they're they're unlikely to be achieved according to the league and therefore don't have to be paid out, don't have to be uh, looked at as being part of the, the cap in 2023. If he reaches those, they get tacked on at the end and fall into the 2024 camp. Yeah, and, and that's a good, that's a, that's a good way to, to structure it because um, it, it gives him an opportunity. If he comes out and, you know, plays extremely well, like he did, um, especially the first half of last year, right. um, then he's worth more to be honest. Yes. And, and you, it's you're the getting, best case scenario. yeah, you're getting a lot out of him so that he can get, uh, get paid for it. And if he does come out and he's just not as impressive or, or um, whatever, then he's not going to get injured. Yeah. Yeah. If he gets injured, he won't hit any of them. And, um, you know, you don't have to, he won't get paid. It doesn't hurt the cap on any of that. And the team, um, you know, moves on. Okay. So we got the quarterback in hand. That kind of changes things a little bit around the draft. What else happened in the league this year, this week, just a couple days ago, where oh, uh, Chicago traded out of the number one pick? Okay, so Chicago's already got their quarterback, Justin Fields. We knew yep. that. They they announced basically they weren't going to move off of that. They they in, have invested in that. The trade brought DJ Moore with the Carolina. Uh, so now they've got their number one right wide receiver as well to give him uh, some targets as well as some draft capital. Chicago trades back to nine. They pick up an additional 2024 first round at uh, 2023, second round pick, I believe, as well, mm-hmm. and uh, some additional uh, assets. Um, what did you think of that? Uh, I like this move for Chicago. Um, I mean, I like the move for, for Carolina too, because Carolina just, they have nothing at quarterback. There's just nothing there and they've got to get a guy. And you look at Houston, wasn't moving off too. So then you're looking maybe Arizona three, but then you're, you're getting quite possibly, um, your third choice at quarterback. So it was worth it to go, to give up a little bit more to move up to, to number one, they get whoever they want at quarterback, uh, wh- whichever of the, um, you know, the top four players that they deem to be the, um, the, the best, the, the one with that, that's going to carry that franchise. And, you know, they gave up first round picks. So, you know, the eight in this or eight, nine in this nine. draft next year's first round pick, which is probably going to be fairly high because that roster is still bad. Um, and they're going to have a rookie quarterback. Um, and then a second round pick this year, the Seahawks got more than that for, um, Russell Wilson, 
who was significantly older and way more expensive and you had to give a huge contract to the moment you signed you trap you, you know you traded for him um and uh you know dj moore as a tack in on there is phenomenal I and mean, he's a legit wide receiver like a guy that can just flat out play um and so you give um fields a a great weapon um to go with chase claypool uh there yeah and, right. and give and so now he's got two legit weapons you've now got all the the you know the extra the second round pick and an extra first round pick the following year to load up on you know offensive line and whatever else you want to uh tack in there in order to make things work for the rest of that uh you know, offense, and you can really build around your quarterback now. And I, I, like, I like it. I like the idea too, because Chicago is probably likely to to draft an offensive lineman, and there just wasn't any offensive lineman at the top of the draft. And so you get mm-hmm. you get further back, and you've got your choice: either you know an offensive tackle, um, or you can go best defensive player available at that spot, and it makes more sense as far as value wise if they weren't needing um, Anderson or, or something like that. So, so what does that do to Seattle strategy? Well, I think it, 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 they need to be, we need, everybody needs to be more open to a, a defensive player um, or a non quarterback because, um, you know, you're looking at uh, three, three of the four teams above Seattle in the draft all are taking quarterback. You've got currently, um, and you, you could st- Arizona could still move off that pick. Arizona could still move off that pick, but you've got, um, you know, now Carolina at one, you've got uh, Houston at two, and you got Indy at four that are all taking quarterback. So that means if you're Seattle, you don't get your choice of the top four quarterbacks. You get whoever's left, uh, which is probably Richardson. Um, if you look at it, people are super excited about his combine, but the moment they go back and rewatch his tape, they're going to realize, oh yeah, that's why he was thought of as a you know borderline first round pick before the combine. Um, and yeah, so Richardson, if you chose Richardson in the top four, that would be the biggest gamble in the draft. Oh, it would be massive gamble because you're, you're taking where you should be getting a star player and you're getting a project with yeah, high upside. Um, but if you really look at it, it's Cam Newton upside because all that athleticism translates to being a runner. Um, he's just doesn't have a, um, he doesn't have a lot to work with as a thrower. Now it's not, he's not like Jalen hurts was when he came out where he's got a really mediocre arm. Richardson's got a fantastic arm, but he gets a, it's a shotgun, not a rifle, right? It's all over the place. And um, you're looking at hope, teaching him how to read a defense and make decisions quickly. You're right. looking at teaching him how to like fixing his mechanics and his footwork and, um, you know, the way he throws the ball and his release in order to try and get him accurate, you're looking at a massive project. Um, he won't be playing in year one. If you're playing Anthony Richardson in year one, you failed miserably. And you're failing him, I think. Yeah, you. I mean, him and yourself, like the, and your fans, and, and uh, that's such a disaster. So um, he's he's the ultimate project, high upside. I mean, that so, athleticism so, is so not you're saying often. that uh, Seattle should have its choice of either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter at the top, depending on what Jalen Carter is um his legal with his legal stuff right and if it's not that it's tyree wilson which i don't know if if he's even a fit in the scheme for seattle um yeah possibly i mean he he might end up being like a 4-3 base defensive end player will anderson could could very easily go to arizona 
Um, or, they could be, or they could take Jalen Carter, possibly. Um, yeah, yeah I'm but just saying Will, he, if Will Anderson is there, I think Seattle runs to the podium. I really do. He's a perfect fit in a 3-4 scheme for Seattle as an edge guy. Um, you pair him up with Uchenna Nuasu, Boye Mafe, or, or you, know, you, know, you trade one of those players or whatever, um, and he comes in right away and just has a tremendous impact. Yeah, the, the player I think get, that gets traded is Daryl Taylor. Um, but they're different players. I yeah, mean, Daryl Taylor is, you know, 265, 70 pounds, whereas Anderson's 235. Yeah, I mean, but they're both they're both playing the same position. They're both playing outside linebacker in a three four. Um, Anderson's just better suited for it. Daryl Taylor was drafted to play the seven tech uh, defensive end position in a four three, and then the team switched defenses. Well, I yeah, I I agree to a certain extent. I think he stayed on the on the team though because he's uh, I don't know that he has a lot of trade. He might have trade value. Actually, I mean, he had nine sacks mm, last year. But, nine and a um, half sacks last year. The 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 player that he really replaces is Bruce Irvin on the roster. Um, so that would be a huge upgrade. Not yeah. <laughs> trying not trying to disparage Bruce Irvin, right. he's a, but he's later in his career and he came in. At, the Seahawks needed a vet presence. They needed someone who would. Um, who could be steady and and st- uh, stabilize their force, yeah. and 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 Irvin definitely fit that uh, mold and and did a good job. But he's later in his career. There's a reason why he was available when he was. Um, he's probably the, reached the, the age where he's almost he's going to be retired. I would think soon. Um, uh, he's looking for a chance. If if a team comes asking, um, he may wait around until the season begins, like he did last year, and then see if anyone's knocking on the door and if not yeah he'll probably retire and now here's a word from our sponsor DraftKings. the action never ends at DraftKings sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of this season like never before plus right now DraftKings sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000. And if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So we all know um, the situation with Jordan Brooks with the ACL. Uh, Reports are that it's going well. He has a chance to come back for camp as, as well as the start of the year doesn't necessarily mean he's ready uh i likely would think that he's probably going on uh, ir for uh for a while until he's uh comes back in the middle of the year at some point mm-hmm. um that would mean that we've got and, and cody barton's a free agent don't know if we're going to resign cody barton i think it makes sense for seattle to uh, resign cody barton he's a nice person good player um well great special in, teams player yeah and you know he's got some deficiencies but he he came along he he improved throughout the year i think that was a good sign and they bring him back um to kind of start in the in the middle at least for half a season but i think they do turn to the draft or possibly free agency and bobby wagner's out there again they teams uh talked he's going to be very expensive i don't know if seattle goes that way 
unless Bobby just doesn't have a market. I do believe he has a market because he's still a decent player and brings a lot of value with leadership qualities and all that. Mm -hmm. uh, the draft seems like a real likely place for Seattle to look to improve at the inside linebacker spot. We've got a lot of candidates in this draft. Keith, let's talk about them. Yeah, this is one of the few positions of absolute need for Seattle, which is, um, you know, they've done a decent job of, you know, kind of filling in the roster and, and they need upgrades at a lot of places, but they don't, there's no just complete void um, at most positions except for middle linebacker. And so they've got to get, make this work. Um, there's some good ones in this draft class, um, some really athletic ones. I have a um, controversial question for you though, right off the top. Okay. So everyone's got Nolan Smith pegged as an outside guy, an outside edge rusher in this draft and stuff. But if you take a look at his attributes and you really take a look at the scouting and every what everyone is saying about him, I think that he could be a candidate to move inside, at least at times, or be kind of a hybrid linebacker player for you where you, you send him off the edge once in a while, but he can also play sideline to sideline, uh, diagnose in the middle, uh, shed blocks, et cetera. And he's got all that athleticism and, and um, the vertical and the explosion at, at 6'2", 238. I know that he's he is where he's at, but could he transition to, in the NFL to be a more every-down player instead of just a pass rush specialist? Oh, you can use him anywhere. Guy's got a speed of a cornerback, um, you know, with the body of, a, of, a, of an inside <laughs> linebacker. He's 6'2", yeah. 240. Um, and runs a, a four uh, three nine, and the guy's just honestly he can be. If you draft him, you're drafting you're not drafting a, a pass rush specialist. You're drafting a guy that you're going to use in a lot of creative ways because he's a rangy defender. Yeah, yeah. I I would um, I would put him in the middle and then use him on the outside. I would move him all. So he would take Cody Barton's position eventually. You put him next to Brooks, and there you go. Yeah. Um, go look at uh, Nolan Smith's numbers for combine numbers and compare them to Bobby Wagner's. And you're going to be. Um, so you don't think I'm crazy surprised. by adding. I don't think you're crazy list. at all. No, teams are going to look at it and they're going to go, well, a, a, a pass rusher is far more valuable than a, an inside linebacker. And they'd be right. And that's why he's going to be viewed as an edge player. But yeah, but this guy's going to have four or five sacks a year blitzing. Yeah, and he could have twelve coming off the edge. Yeah. Um, you can move him around, sure, sure. But I think I think when you've got a player that it's as, as dynamic as an athlete as Nolan Smith, you use him creatively. Get him all over the all over the place. Let him play inside linebacker and use that speed and sure tackling to you know shut our teams help shut our team's running game down um and then once you shut the running game down move him over bring him off the edge um and have him get to the quarterback I, I think you can use him in both i think you can play him in the middle on early downs you move him over to outside to rush the passer on on um, uh third down and and obvious passing situations and you get the best of both worlds I agree. And you know i I had to mention this kid. I really did. I had to work him into this show, Keith, because his favorite team in the NFL is the Seattle Seahawks. And he had a dream that he was going to play for Seattle. And he went on to a podcast, I think, uh, Friday and said as much. He said, you know, they asked him, you know, if you had your choice, which team in the NFL would you like to play for? And he, he didn't hesitate. He said, I want to play for the Seattle Seahawks and the 12th man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I he's like, a, come on, dude, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic fit. Um, 
And he's, and he's going to be there at 20, probably. He'll be there at 20. That's about the right spot for him, uh, honestly, because um, he isn't the elite um, edge pro, you know, guy, a guy like Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson. Uh, he isn't. But he that- ends up being a better pro, I bet. Than Will Anderson? I I think so. He's just more athletic. I mean, you look at Will Anderson's combine and all the testing numbers and stuff. This guy was like crazy off the charts. Good. Nolan Smith. And Will Anderson was pedestrian as far as his 40 time, his vertical, yeah. his bench reps, his, you know, broad jump, et cetera. Will Anderson's um, also, um, you know, for or 20 pounds heavier. He's just a, he's a bigger, more physical guy, stronger guy. Um, Will whereas, Anderson didn't come in at two at three at two fifty. I think he was in at two thirty five or two something. I don't know. I had him at two fifty three. So okay, um, maybe not. Um, anyway, you're you're right. So you know, I think Nolan Smith is a, a, a good candidate to kind of move around. I. He's not listed as an inside linebacker in mock drafts or or in in a lot of boards, um, but when you take a look at the other candidates at the position in this draft, it's it's not terribly um, athletic or um, deep. And if you're really looking for a guy and you want the most impact uh, out of a player, I think this is the the candidate for me because. He does test similar to Bobby Wagner. He is similar in size to Bobby Wagner. That four three nine. Bobby Wagner. I, you know, people don't remember this. Bobby Wagner uh, had a, a low four four forty. Four four one. So we're talking about you know zero point um, zero two second difference. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, yeah. If they see it, if they see it on tape, if that translates, then he could be the pick. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so let's go through. I disagree that the, you, when you say this isn't a there there there's not a lot of athleticism, um, and because there's no, I mean athleticism for Smith, yes, absolutely off the charts. No, I, I mean, um, <clears throat> no, I'm saying in, in this draft, like after that, I, I'd say oh, there's okay. um, six or seven guys <clears throat> that are that are that okay. are really nice athletes. I, I, you're right. I, I used the wrong word. Yes, athletic, but not traditionally. Uh, at the middle linebacker spot, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of these guys are athletic in a way that you can move them around a lot, and, and they're kind of hybridish kind of players. Yeah. So um, I think the first player that we got to talk about uh, when you're looking at at this would be Trenton Smith out of Clemson, um, a guy who also is super athletic and has mm-hmm. the speed, um, because he was a what is it four four three forty. So again, right there in that About that six two two thirty five. Yeah, at, at yep. that Bobby Wagner um, spot in terms of, you know, his ability to run. Um, didn't do the agility stuff at the combine, so we're going to have to wait for his his pro day um, for that. But um, he's a guy who is, um, God, he's super athletic, and he can go anywhere. Um, but he is a a good sure tackler he's he's just quick sideline to sideline speed um can get up and um make plays now i I think he's a guy that um is available later because he's going to be viewed as you know a little bit of a project as an inside linebacker but again if we're using the bobby wagner uh, model wagner was a project as an inside linebacker according i mean he was an outside linebacker and 
according to the draft media and they CX drafted him to play interior and everyone was like, mm, that's going to take a, a bit. And then he was still the day one starter. Um, and right. was awesome. So right. I'm not uh, comparing anyone to, to Wagner, I think is, is a disservice to them because I mean, Wagner's a, a hall of famer and, and one of the best ever put on a helmet, but um, just saying like the, you, I think you it's better served it. if you compare, if you compare him to like a Jordan Brooks. Because it's the current player on our yeah. roster. Well, Brooks is probably position. a and and I would say that you look at <laughs> Trenton uh, Simpson and and he's a guy that compares really well to a Jordan Brooks. Like he's yeah. he's a very similar player. I think I think the the really important factor that we don't have access to is how they interview, how they how they uh, diagnose plays, how they uh, are are leaders. Because that position requires a guy that's uh, able to vocalize and and to just uh, command uh the defense a little bit and so you want to make sure that you you've got that in a player um how about drew sanders or, uh, from arkansas keith oh see here this is um I, when i was looking i'm like okay who have who have the guys um that are listed as a middle linebacker so taking the um the other you know the, the outside Nolan linebacker yeah. you know whatever right. like a, a true inside middle linebacker guy this is kind of the guy that i i looked at and go yeah We'll take that um, because 6'4", 235 is a little light, but you, he could easily put on, you know, another 10 pounds, um, but super athletic in, in, in what he does. Just a guy that can, can flat play um, really physical traits uh, gets up field and makes tackles at the line of scrimmage uh, fights through um, traffic really well um get off yeah. the edge too if you want to send them around if you need if you need to or blitzing he's great mm -hmm. um i yeah i mean i just think that it's a guy that um he looks like he looks like a long-term solution at middle linebacker I and agree. is athletic i agree super athletic and fluid um and, and those things come out when you when you look at him he's just rangy he can you know he dodges uh blockers um and he's he's just uh, has the ability to anticipate and get to a spot and you know all the things you want out of a linebacker and he would be a great pick um especially at the top of the second round if Seattle chose to go that way um who else Keith at the at the top do you want to talk to and talk about um how about Jack Campbell out of mm. Iowa one of my favorite prospects in the draft actually yeah uh Jack uh, Campbell, he's um, old school, dude. He is kind of an old school, like thumper. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. six five, two fifty. So he's right. He's bigger, um, but slow. that length, that length at six five, um, gives him something to work with. the The four six five, but you look at his splits, good. His yeah. agility numbers are great. Yeah. Super athletic, even though he doesn't have the straight um, line speed. You know who he um kind of profiles as with that like speed mike mike and singletary I don't, I don't know who no um the guy who played uh weak side linebacker for seattle next to bobby wagner for 10 years kj huh four four six five speed and long length. was kate was kj right two 250 he was like at 255. six four was he I thought he yeah. was 
he was a he's a bigger guy, long guy, long length, not right. not a lot of speed, but man, was he long, which made him great in coverage. And what made KJ awesome was his he was just super smart and instinctive, and he got literally there was no one in the league better at sniffing out a screen than KJ Wright. And yeah, true. Uh, um, so that that's part of it. And you know, we don't know if uh, a guy like Jack Campbell's going to. Um, be able to do that and have that kind of recognition, but um, he just he does so many things well. People and would love this pick. If, if Seattle made this pick, he would immediately um, make fans fall in love with him just because he's so protocol middle linebacker guy. Like you look at him, you're just going, that guy's a linebacker, and that's what he is. And he's super violent with his hands, a sure tackler. He know you, you just know when you get hit by this guy that you've just been hit. Um, so so he adds that X factor to the defense. That I think that we're missing. I like Jordan Brooks as a as a player and stuff, but you'll look at him and you really look at, at all the the times that he tackles and stuff. He's not violent. Like he doesn't really just completely annihilate uh, a player. You know, he wraps up nice and everything. He's your tackler and so forth, but. This guy's kind of a difference maker, um, and I would be excited to add that element to the defense. I think we're missing that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, um, I, I, I think that um, I think this would be a, it would be a fun pick because he is a guy that um, he just looks like a middle linebacker <laughs> like, right. in so right. much in so many different ways. Like he just got that you, you said it old school. He's got that old school middle linebacker. I'm going to come up and smack you. Um, look and i think that's just fun so one of the players that you had mocked the other day to seattle um henry uh 2020 out of alabama uh, is an interesting player to me um it's hard to peg where he's going to go in this draft some some uh teams i think are going to feel like he's not physical enough we just talked about the most physical one of the most physical players in this draft Mm -hmm. in jack campbell and then you go to henry 2020 and while he's listed as a middle linebacker, it looks like to me he plays more like a, a weak side guy or um, somebody that's just not going to hit you, but more of a finesse player. Yeah. Um, so he has that four six speed that we just talked about um, in Jack Campbell, but is six one two twenty seven. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't have that size. Um, I expected him to run faster than this. I did too. Um, and his his like broad jump is is under ten feet. You know, there's he did not show the athletic athleticism that I expected. Um, I mean, he's a good sure tackler, but yeah, he doesn't have that explosiveness to him. Um, technically, very good um, and a leader, leadership quality. Absolutely, um, known as a as a as a vocal leader. Guys look to him. At um, Alabama, I mean that's a big program, and he's he's a big time leader for that team. Yeah, and um, you've got like he, technically he's really good. Athletically, he, he's not that special. He benefited and, from yeah. from having really good players around him too. He had really good players in front of him, most notably, which meant that he didn't have blockers climb and and try and block him. Yeah. Um, they couldn't get to him because they were they were too busy trying to stop the defensive lineman from destroying plays, and so that helps. It, it that does make a linebacker look better on tape. 
All right. So um, how about uh, DeHalen Henley out of Washington State? So I, I like Henley. I, I think that he's a guy that is going to have a fun career um, at the next level, uh, but he's undersized. He's, um, he's you know, 225 pounds. So do you think they you move him outside in the NFL? In the NFL, he would be a great weak side linebacker. I agree. Um, There's a scheme fit for him, and I don't yeah, know that Seattle's it. Four, four, four or five, um, four, 40s. He's got the speed, got um, the explosiveness, got the athleticism, but he's he's undersized. Um, he does play really fast and does a good job of getting downhill. Um, not, you know, uh, a guy that, that just um, crushes people t- uh, as a tackler. Um but you're not going to be at 225 pounds. Well, the good thing is for him is he does have that height. He is kind of a thick, muscular build with longer mm-hmm. arms, good athleticism. He might be able to overcome some of those things. Um, yeah. and, and good in coverage, you know, so you can drop him back. That's um, the part that I like about him. He is, um, he's Cody Barton 2.0. Yeah. Undersized, good, um, you know, good in coverage, undersized, may not um be the greatest tackler just because he doesn't hit with a lot lot of power due to his his lack of size and um but is super rangy can 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 get sideline to sideline so i think he's a definitely going to have a decent nfl career i just i don't know if if pairing him with cody barton at the start of the year is um a smart choice (laughs) he's more of a let's replace cody barton with a a younger possibly better player interesting um, who else do you want to talk about? Um, Are there any middle uh, round guys that that possibly could be? I think we should talk I mean, about uh, Noah Sewell out of uh, Oregon. Yeah. yeah, it's another guy that I like to mock to um, Seattle. Um, just well, because I know, like, I mean, he's just he looks like a little linebacker too. Um, super sure tackler um is one of those guys that just seems to be in on every play mm-hmm. uh six one you know 246 he's got that size um but four six four forty was really slow i was expecting him to be you know four five maybe four four eight i was not expecting you know four six four and i really wasn't expecting a broad jump under 10 feet he was had a really disappointing combine um but he's a guy that it's is physical. he going to last into the third round, Keith? I don't know. He might. To me, he's the honestly. he's the second or third best true quote unquote middle linebacker in this draft. I don't, you know whether it's a four three or a three four. Um, I think this is a guy that has enough athleticism and tenacity to to play in either scheme. I think he's scheme diverse. I think he's a good zone defender as far as dropping back in coverage uh, with tight ends and and uh, following running backs out of the backfield. Um, and he's, I think he's powerful and I think, yeah, you know, and you, and you take a look at like uh, Bruce Feldman had him on his uh, freak list at number 42 because Which he can bench weird. 425 pounds. He's, uh, cleans, uh, 665 pounds. Yeah, um, other than the bench press, show me an impressive number on his combine. There isn't one. Well, I mean, four, six, 40. Yeah. You could probably say that if he ran on the five, uh, four fives. He'd probably this, you know, he might well, go yeah. a little sooner, but four six um, four. 
I just uh, maybe he'll come out at his, guy, more than maybe a, he'll come out agility he'll come guy. out at his pro day and 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 run better and and those numbers tick up and and you're like okay well that that explains the tape a little bit better he just had a bad day but yeah. um if there was know, another player like Jack Campbell in this draft it would be Noah Sewell um yeah. basically you know he's not quite as long but he's he's pretty good you know he's I good. think that yeah I I really like the him. third like said, round. He's a guy that I, I like to mock to Seattle because I think he fits what they need as an interior lineman. I don't think I don't know if he's rangy enough to to cover the elite um speed running backs out of the backfield, the ones that are known as pass catchers catchers, the Alvin Kamaras and, and that kind of stuff. I think he was gonna struggle and guys are just gonna run away from him. But um you would need a guy that to step up and, and try and tackle Derrick Henry in the hole. Well, you know, this is your guy. Um, and, and so there's a, to me, there's a lot to like there. I think it's just a matter of um, you got to take a, take him, look at what he does. Well, look at what he doesn't necessarily do as well and design <laughs> yeah. his responsibilities around those things. And a good coaching staff will do that. I think you're exactly right. Um, and in the three, four, I think you, you're afforded to be able to do that. You have um, two as guys opposed in to the a four three, yeah, yep. Um, guys like uh, Owen Papo and D- Marvin uh, Overshone, um, I don't know that they're they're perfect fits in Seattle's scheme. Although they ha- they bring the the super athletic traits, um, especially the speed. Papo is uh, from Auburn is four three mm-hmm. nine forty. Overshone similar, uh, long six three. Uh, Owen Papo's only six foot two twenty five, undersized. Um, yeah. so I just don't know. It'd be nice to have those players on the team, but I don't know exactly what you would do with them. Yeah, I mean, um, Popo and there's a lot a of weak, guys like this in the draft. A, a weak side linebacker in a three-four, or sorry, a four-three. Um, you know that you could bring him in, plug him there, and forget about it. Uh, but in a three-four, you need guys that are a little bigger that can fight through blocks because you don't have as much protection and. I I just don't see him doing well in that. Yeah. Is there anybody in the later rounds that you're that you want to talk to uh, about that that we can kind of finish this conversation off with? Um, I think we should. There's a two. Um, we haven't need to talk about uh, Nick Herberg out of Wisconsin, um, mm. and as a guy that, um, you know, can just. There's a lot uh, there. He did just a, a lot of does it. Do, he does a lot of things really well, but nothing spectacularly. If that uh, makes sense, he's good in coverage. Six two, two forty. Again, that four six five forty. So not like mm-hmm. the the speed guy, um, but comes up field, makes tackles, is um, a good wrap up. You know, guy not isn't a guy that like tries to hit people down and then, you know, has bounces off. He's a very sure tackler. I, I think that he's a guy that um, has a chance to um, be a mid, like a fifth round pick that could actually come in and contribute um, and maybe be a guy that you could count on in the middle of a three, four. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good one. And then the other one would be uh, a really undersized guy um, in Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati. He's 5'10", which you're like, ooh, that's, you know. um, 
no, that that's pretty small, but um, you know, 231 pounds, he's a little undersized, but honestly, the, the guy uh has just rangy speed and um can really move and just seems to have a knack for being in the right place and um uh making tackles and and just i don't know he's just a guy i look at him and i and i get why people would be like i don't know like why why, why are you drafting up this player but he just is always in the right place yeah interesting and so I think the one one last guy that I would mention uh, in that would be available in the fifth sixth round uh, in Seattle would possibly be interested because he he played at the Senior Bowl uh, and if Jim Nagy likes him you know all that kind of stuff they seem to like players like that and in, in the later rounds is Isaiah Land uh, mm-hmm. the the linebacker out of Florida A and M six three two hundred thirty six pound around a four six two forty uh, super athletic uh, and long and rangy um, and he just needs to be coached up you know, all that kind of stuff, probably his, his weakest attribute would be in coverage. Uh, but, you know, you got to, at, at that point in the draft, you're looking for athletic upside, uh, guys that can play special teams right away, come in and be part of your unit. I know, you know, the, Seattle's got 10 draft picks in this draft. We're going to be looking to add some depth, to add some players that, that are going to fill out the roster. Um, and this would be kind of one of those guys. Yeah, and we're and we don't have a lot to work with at, at linebacker. I mean, we talked about it all last season. Uh, I think Seattle comes away in this draft with, you know, a combination of I, I think two or three players in the middle of the defense. So whether that's uh, at middle linebacker or outside linebacker, and then a safety, um, mm-hmm. I think we we kind of improve upon those those areas in this draft. Well, yeah, I mean, this is a t- I mean the defense was just genuinely bad last year. You know, they're going to get. Um, they're going to get help at defensive tackle. They're going to get on the defensive line guys that can eat blocks and, you know, get upfield and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, they're going to get, uh, they absolutely have to improve at middle linebacker. Cause right now you've got one guy who's an NFL starter on the roster and he's hurt and probably won't start the season active. So there's that. And I actually think that you're going to see them, uh, look at safety too, which is our next show consequently. Yeah. Um, because, you know, Jamal Which is Adams not a very good class, by the way. Jamal Adams is 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 almost certainly gone with the post June first designation, and um, that puts him in a position where you've got, okay, you got your two starters, but there's not depth there. So they need to replace guys, and honestly, you need to yes. start looking at replacing Diggs because that eighteen million dollar salary is bloated and unwieldy. And um, yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah, I agree, but you know, they're I think they're going to end up running that back. I just I have this feeling. I don't know why. Um No, I, I agree. I think they are going to run it back this year, but I think you can't you can't look at at that going forward and think that that's going to be the um the best case scenario. You know what I mean? Like you need true. to either get him an extension where his number is down at 12 or you need to start looking at developing his replacement. So, uh, final question for you. Um, who do you like out of this draft class for the Seahawks and, uh, and where do they find this player in the, in the draft? We talked about, um, you know, the premium at the very top and, and a couple of really good mid tier guys. Um, of course you say that right after I close my notes. Um, Sorry. I thought, we, I thought we were done. No, um, <laughs> I like Jack Campbell uh, and, and I think you get him in round two. 
Um, and, you know, probably maybe even with the second pick or second round to pick. So the Seahawks fourth pick overall. Um, I just, I don't know if he's going to go higher than that because of the um, lack of speed. He's just kind of that, that old school guy, but man, to have that thumper in the middle that comes up and just lays the wood on people and knocks them back and just does yeah. those things that middle linebacker that you don't see very often in today's NFL um, would be fun. I think it's a good fit. I like that. I really like the Nolan Smith idea only because at 20 uh, mm-hmm. or drop back a couple of picks and, and pick up additional value and draft Nolan Smith because of the diversity. He can play middle linebacker for you. You can put him on the speed. outside. He can get, the, I love you know, speed on defense. Yeah. You can, his speed you, and you can yeah. never have enough defensive speed. And honestly, if you draft him with the idea that you're going to move him all over the place, but that he's going to be your middle linebacker um, in your base uh, defense, uh, I'll go for it. Do it. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So let's get out of here. Thanks for the conversation. Good conversation. We spent 15 minutes at the top talking about Geno Smith and some other things, but um, finally got this thing rolling. I don't think it's a great uh, deep uh, linebacker class, and we're going to talk about safeties. I think the same thing applies there. Um, but you can find guys. Mm-hmm. You just got to find them in the right spot at the draft. So we'll see what the strategy is when this thing gets rolling. Find Keith at Myers NFL. On Twitter, you can find me at NWC Hawk. You know where the show's at. When you find it, hit the subscribe button. That really helps us out. And uh, we'll see you next time. So go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWC Hawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.